with Loz Taylor and Christian Carlisle. In this episode, we catch up with the ferociously talented Becca McIntyre of Marmosets. We talk close calls with vocal catastrophe, love letters to Celine Dion, and how Loz could solve his vocal issues with a pregnancy. So how's things? How are you doing? Good. Yeah, I'm really good. I was a bit. I'm actually a bit nervous because I'm like, this is like the closest thing we've done to like band thing in like absolutely ages. And I'm oh, like, really? Oh. Yeah. And, and thank you so much for asking me to be involved as well. So. Tell you what, though, Luz, it, it was quite amazing because this is something that is never talked about, and and I've always felt like so like shitty about a situation if my voice is not being on point yeah. or if mm. ill and. Yep. I've been like in situations where, you know, people have said, you got to do this show. There's too much money on the line. Um, you, we can get sued if you don't sing tonight. And I'm like, I'm scared my voice is going to break. Like, wow. Yeah, like, that's, that's pressure right there. <laughs> Who says that? <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is, I was in LA when this happened. And right. the day after I had to go, where, where did we ended up stopping at? Iowa. Iowa. Where everything goes wrong, where everything goes wrong for us. <laughs> right. Um, I went, <laughs> she was like you need to stop singing now and I was like oh shit okay she was like you're this you're this close to getting nerds that must have been terrifying mate I can't even like I've spoken to Loz about uh you know his problems that he's had um but I've never I've never really had that much interaction with people who've especially in your case like come really close to losing losing that completely that must have been terrifying but, well, it was. And the fact that nobody understands or gets you, it's like, I know it's not something that looks physical or, you know, just like mental health, I guess, if you put it in that in that way. But it, I was, it just, I've been like in tears with it because it's like, I can't sing. Like, yeah. I know I am going to break if I go out and do this. And it doesn't mm. matter how much I warm up. It's the fact, it's always America. <laughs> it's bloody America. They put you on a tour out there and it, it can it can make or break a band. Like, honestly, it can. And for a vocalist, it's going to be the most hardest thing you're going to do vocally. Do you put the, the sort of how harsh touring in America is down to sort of like heavy air conditioning and, and, and then the opposite side of that, it's like a lot of dust? I think it's the whole environment. <laughs> like... You know, we've we've had it we've had it tough where we've been in a van the whole time. We've stayed in one star yeah. hotels, which are smoking rooms, and like... that's brutal for a vocalist. Ouch. Yeah, but that's kind of that's kind of what the band lifestyle at times can be like. You know what I mean? Like I've smoked, I drink, I did everything under the sun. Like, and I just thought that. <laughs> life like that's it if you're gonna be in this music industry in this side especially doing rock or metal that's it it just comes with it yeah <laughs> definitely I soon, I soon learned that holy moly like I'm either gonna die like living this lifestyle and my career is gonna come to a stop if I if I don't do something about it so and it's still something I'm working at now I've been I've stopped smoking, I've started exercising, I'm vegan. Like, my life has completely changed. <laughs> yeah. Was that a moment for you where you realised that? Can you, like, remember the moment? Or was it more of a gradual kind of realisation? Um, I think because we started so young and we didn't really... we As a band, we didn't have that protection, mm. like, that you see now with a lot of young people that are getting into the music industry there seems to be a lot more help these days and mm. especially if you're bringing in a lot of money you know people really look after you then but 
for a band like us, it was just, I'm not blaming anyone and it is down to us, but I think we were really young when we started and we just wanted to be the cool kids on the block and hang out and we just, we were naive. We did everything. Yeah, but you've got to you've got to live that lifestyle. You have to live that lifestyle, else you feel like you're doing rock and roll a disservice. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just like, yeah, we're out on the road like with your best mates, and in your case, Becca, with like your your siblings, pretty much. And um, and you know, you're just gonna have the best time ever, aren't you? That's what you got to try and do. And, and unfortunately, sure, yeah. you're constantly surrounded by booze and it and comes drugs with and, a lot of consequences. You know, and yeah, and I think, yeah. but I think like growing as a like a musician or a vocalist like you slowly learn like your voice doesn't work as well if you treat your body in a certain way so yeah. like I've I've done the same Becca to be honest I'm like I've switched it up and I'm, I'm you know I'm working out more than I ever have and I'm trying to live healthily and, and work on my sort of techniques and stuff like that so mm. yeah so we're, we're on a similar train really just trying to stay fit and healthy and uh, and trying to sound decent mm. Mm. I think there's a lot to be said. It's difficult for me. There's a lot to be said for the fact (laughs) that, you know, looking after yourself, even if it's just small things like physical exercise, changing your diet and stuff like that, how much of an impact those things can have on things that you wouldn't normally associate with that, like your voice, you know, living that better lifestyle can perpetuate your voice being more uh, more on point yeah definitely how did you get into wanting to sing in the particular style that you you you've crafted how did how did you were you into sort of metal and that led the way for you or was it like a completely different like road like what were the first sort of bands you kind of heard or gosh it was it was when i decided to stop doing performing arts because i did a lot of dancing when i was younger it really wasn't for me I was a lot more laid back and I like to keep it keep it real and I'm only my best when I'm real which is something I've realized and performing outside was just too not real for me it was like you always had to be somebody else and pretend to be someone else and as soon as I went to music college went to Leeds College of Music that's cool that I like that that transition that you made there yeah Yeah. you're kind of you're kind of figuring out hang on a minute like I want to perform and be mean. I want to be mean and be somebody else. else. Yeah, yeah, that's sick. But that was the thing, like, even at a young age when I look back and I'm so harsh on myself all the time. And I was like, did I make the right decision sometimes? Because I was getting quite, a, I was starting to get a bit of acting work and I started dancing for this girl from Jodie Aisha. I don't know if you, I'm heartbroken without your love, heartbroken. I don't know if you remember that one. Vaguely. <laughs> like a baseline track. Right, girl, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Anyway, I did like I, I did a bit of dancing for her and I was helping out and um we were coming to record like our first like EP as a band type thing. Yeah. And it was either go dance with this girl or go do my own thing. And I was just like, I'm gonna go do my own thing. Like mm. that's, that's that without thinking anything was gonna happen, but I just knew that was right. So then I went to music college and then from there on I just got I was obsessed with under oath. Um, nice. Left with Blackfish. We obviously had like Under Earth and we had like the metal and kind of like we've, um, there was all the straight edge crews going around in these. Yeah. Like so many, so many venues open. And I, that's all I did was just go get bashed around at the well and go yeah. to all the shows. Absolutely loved it. But I will never forget going to see a band called Blackfish who right. are called, um, it's math rock, is what they'd call it with all the weird 
they had a band called Gay for Johnny Depp. Have you ever heard of them before? Yes, no, I no, have no, heard of them. Yes. Yeah, that yeah, does yeah, really yeah. Well, yeah. They were supporting, and this was like the first time that I was like kind of freaked out by seeing someone perform because he was like hitting his head against the wall, and he'd come up to people in the crowd and like strangle them and put them on the floor and shit. And I was, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he came up towards me, and I just stood there, and I remember all the guys from college just stood around me. And I just looked him in the eye and I was like, I will have you if you don't do me like that. <laughs> and I was just like, that was when I got the feeling for like, oh my God, you know, this is what I want to do. Like, I want to not be part of that, you know, like Slipknot thing, making people feel uncomfortable, but I want to be part of that, that edge because that felt right to me. Like, I didn't want to be pop princess or anything like that. And yeah. Just naturally, all of us clicked. We love Blackfish. We love um, White Stripes and Underhill. And I will never forget, it was actually in Doncaster. And we no went way. To, yeah, we went to stay with Cam and we went to this bar. And we had this guy called EJ there. And Jack just kept saying this thing. He kept saying, what are you doing? But like screaming it. And then just out of the blue, they said, Becky, you have a girl. And I just went, what are you doing? Like, so loud. And they were like, holy shit, you can scream. And I was like, what do you mean you can, like, I can scream? They're like, you know, like, screamo vocals, like, you should have a go at doing it. Amazing. And then I just started listening to Undrill, and I just started copying some stuff that Spencer was doing. I love and- Spencer's voice. Oh, my God. He's it's so one good. of my faves. Yeah. Absolutely. Amazing band. And that was just you just belting it out for the first time in a bar in Donny and somebody going, oh, you can do that. And that's when you clicked. Yeah? yeah. Yeah, that was it. And then I just started doing it in band practice and it just felt natural. And nice. It- so you see so you kind of did you feel like you had to sort of obviously in terms of being in a, a the professional band, you've obviously had to like hone it and, and craft it to to be sustainable and like what works best with your body and stuff like that. But did you feel like as soon as you let out like that kind of like scream that you, you know, it would be, I don't know. Did you have any thoughts of being like that? That felt comfortable. Like in terms of like, Absolutely. I can do that. If, yeah. it's, if it stays on that kilter, like that's yeah, where, yeah. that's where the air pressure needs to be and just felt yeah. right. Well, it was coming from my diaphragm and I went to go see um, a singing teacher because Mark and Rob were just shocked how I could do these gigs and then come off and not lose a voice and still talk the way I do. And I was like, it's just adrenaline. And I think I'm doing it right. They're like, are you feeling it in your throat? Because the first thing that people would always say is like, especially people that don't listen to metal music, the compliment that I'd always get was, you sound like you're ill. You sound like you're ill, like all the time. And I was like, I'm trying to be like, uh, I don't know. I just found it really bizarre. I was like, yeah, but that's my jam. That's what I do. Like, if I yeah, sound ill, yeah. I sound ill. Like, it's my way of expressing myself. That's it. That's it. Um, that's cool. I wasn't trying to sing like anyone else. I just knew it felt right for me. And it was definitely part of my identity then because I was an angry teenager. <laughs> and that's <laughs> my, that was my way of being able to just, like, let loose. It's not easy by any means, but being able to sort of let go of negative energy for me in that way like it was a sing, like it felt really punk rock and it was a bit, you know, anarchy or whatever, mm. whatever it made me feel like, that's what I enjoyed about it. So initially, like, like I couldn't, I tried to learn to play guitar and it, it, it just, it just annoyed me so yeah. much. And then yeah. I was like, so what's next? I'm like, well, I'll just sing. 
yeah. or shout or whatever. Yeah, Becca, do you think that the, the, the performing arts side of things, I remember you said you're singing from your diaphragm and like you're knowing where you're singing from. Did that play a part, that, that background, in when it came to developing a technique when it came to singing it at all? How do you feel more like it's like a, a let go? Like, is it more for you just like, boom, like an explosion of expression and what comes out kind of comes out that, at that moment? Yeah, well, your soul is right there in your diaphragm. That's where your mm. soul is. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. that's something I've realised. That's where the pain comes from. That's where the anger comes from. That's where everything comes from. And I guess that is where that scream came from. And, it, you know, there's people that try and do it because they want to do it, but there's people that naturally just come across it and they find it is it's that demon inside you, you know, it's like, it needs to, it needs to, it needs to let people know what the heck's going on. <laughs> hey, you're listening to the Throat Podcast and we're catching up with Becca McIntyre from Marmosets. So do you have a recollection of the first time you were touring and you actually came into a bit of trouble? You were like, it's, it's like clamped up on me or the, like I'm not making the sound, I'm hoarse. Like what was it that sort of made you wise to these, to, to being in a touring, a touring artist, do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it can be tricky out there on the road. And do you have any specific moments or gigs where you were like, wow, I can't that's like, coming out. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is fucked up. The more unconfident I got, the worst I started singing. Mm, really? It's when I stopped believing in myself and started comparing myself to other people. Right. I really, confidence is such a huge thing. And knowing who you are as a person and as a vocalist, there is, yes, it's... See, we live in a world where everyone can talk about you online and, you know, in interviews. And for me, I've always had that thing of, like, being compared to Hayley Williams or whatever, do you know what I mean? Right. And I'm a pretty sensitive person and I've always had this, like, people have been like, oh, you're actually a really nice person and they think I'm this terrifying person because I come on stage and scream. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with my personality in that way. It's just my way of expressing, like, people go do yoga or whatever, do you know what I mean? So, yeah. But I, I found the moment I started being so harsh on myself and thinking I wasn't good enough and I wasn't going to make it as a singer or whatever, you know, we all go through these times in our lives, do you know what I mean? And I found that was the moment where I would overthink my vocals and just give myself such a hard time that I just couldn't sing good. That must be a a hellish double-edged sword as well that you're losing your voice a bit because of your confidence. I imagine as soon as the voice starts to go, the confidence starts to plummet and you're in this kind of vicious loop. It's definitely the stress of that situation. I've been there, you know, it feels like that's very much how it feels like because yeah. you feel like as soon as your voice doesn't perform in the right way you already feel like you're on the back foot mm. so for like a touring artist it's not just how that makes you feel initially you've got to then work really hard to get in front of that vocal health so you have to do a lot of things that are very isolating or because yeah. you know it's in there what you're gonna do like yeah. I did, yeah there's been times where I've done like a with with uh, the operations that I've had now se- severe my sort of not severe the surgery was but the problem was or could get to even um yeah i'd do like i'd play a show and go to bed play a show go to bed play a show go to bed yeah like every night to be on top of the vocal health when i had a polyp in there and that's like that can be really lonely yeah well what imagine touring in the winter where you're on the back foot with your vocal and all you do is like i mean the show was amazing so i guess that that is what you live for so you're out but 
there's times where I just have to sit on a bus and literally shut up. Did to, it make to... you appreciate the shows more? Like you, you take away you take away the lifestyle element of it. You kind of calm down a bit and stop partying as much. Did it make you appreciate the shows more? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because I, I wasn't like numb to it. It wasn't like all this buzz. It was like, that's my time during the day. Yeah. But now exercise is making me feel like that in a different way. Do you know what I mean? I'm stoked to like try and exercise and then get back to live shows. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when it's you, just different perspective. Well, when it? you started to run into the problems, Becca, what did uh, we've, you know, we've heard that you've, you know, changed your diet, changed your lifestyle, all those things that goes along with it. Was there anything you specifically did to do with your voice? Did you develop a, a, a vocal routine? Did you go and see a specialist? What did you like, do? Have you had warm ups? Like, do you do warm ups and stuff? Yeah, I got. Yeah, um, after I did like my first ever singing lesson, uh, a lady called Stevie Van Lang, and she's this crazy South African chick who did like the Venus adverts, and she's got the most like outrageous voice, and her diaphragm is literally rock solid hard. Like when she sings, she goes punch my stomach, and it's just rock hard. It's like <laughs> I've never felt anything like it. It's just mad. And is that so, just because the muscles in her diaphragm are just that tone from the control yeah. that she's she's got there? Yeah. Amazing, she's insane. But she's rock and roll, and she deals with a lot of the rock and roll people in the industry who right. do loads of cocaine, and she keeps tries to keep them on form. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. <laughs> her CD, she does a male CD and a girl's, but you can like download it as like an audio mm. thing. It's, she's like amazing how she teaches you how to like get your breathing right um as well on the cd it's training you um there's a lot of weird stuff on it but it's cool it's the norm for me so i do that every before every single show but you know what i had them days where i didn't warm up and that's when i realized you know you know sometimes touring just gets so galling and everyone all all the rest of your band members can just drink and smoke and do whatever they want because they play guitar drums do you know what i mean like yeah yeah uh, it's and for me, I've got to go stand in a room, and they're all like being loud and inviting all the. <laughs> yeah. trying, it's trying great when like, a vocal. It's the great when that's what I think this <laughs> podcast is kind of doing in a way, which is really cool because it gives all the vocalists a time to whinge about the band members, and that you know. I'm loving it. I mean, my guys have got enough to say about me, so <laughs> they probably owe me. But um, but yeah, it, it it can suck. It can suck, especially when you 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 know you're trying not not to. Uh, not to party and, and the party is happening regardless. The, the thing you've got to realise is like, I think we said this was Rob. Um, like it's everybody's Saturday night, isn't it? Yeah. And you're going, you're, like even in the week of his favourite band or it's a band you're really excited to see, like you're going out for it. You, you're going out, aren't you? But you book the next day off. Exactly. So yeah. every, every gig that you go to, it's like it can be your Saturday night if you want. And that's hard to stay away from. Yeah. That is it. That's generally it. But you kind of like, you don't, now I'm looking at it, it's like, this is my job. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. I've, yeah. I've got to be so serious about looking after myself and I want to be there, like actually be there, my whole body and soul. Yeah. With, with the fans, do you know what I mean? Having that incredible experience because for so many years, yeah, the shows have been fucking rad and amazing, but I don't remember half of them. <laughs> Yeah. So it, like, that's, just, that's just the god honest truth about it because you were living it yeah because i just living it but i don't want that lifestyle anymore i don't and that's not just because of having a baby it was before that i started you know putting some of this stuff into practice and i was like 
I want to live to 100. I want to see the world and actually hang out in the world instead of just being in dark rooms, dark tour buses, <laughs> only, being, only being awake when it's dark. Do you know what I mean? I want to be able to go out on tour and go see Niagara Falls instead of being too hungover. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 definitely. You know, I wish I had this awakening before, but I can't dwell on the past and I've still got the future to look forward to. Yeah, and I think, like we said like we said a bit ago, you've got to have a go at a bit of that. That's, you know, imagine talking in the world we have your best dudes and like being able to have a drink and like you know you, as long as you're playing the shows and you're sounding good like exactly get on, crack I mean, on. Chris, i did i did what you two do at a lower level of just you know oh, definitely, with yeah. the djing that i do and everything yeah, and i'm yeah. still you're there you're gonna party you're gonna go for it you're just like yeah well I, I, if i the, do you know the way i used to see it i used to think to myself that I can't engage a crowd unless I'm on their level. I like how am I how am I going to how am I going to go out and DJ to all the like 500 drunk people if I'm not drunk myself. And that was my rationale for it. I was like, well I have to because I'll be better if I do, you know. Yeah, you're um, so, kind of in the zone. Yeah, you? You, and like Beck says, I wish I'd come to that conclusion as well sooner of being able to go no, I don't want that anymore. I still want to do this, but I just don't want quite as much of that because I want to be able to actually remember what I'm doing. It's super healthy to get to a point when you can have your fun, but you know when to stop. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just think just for well-being altogether, I'm so for that. And I'm going to have my fun on days, but um, it's about keeping it at that limit where it's like, okay, I can have a couple of glasses of wine and that's that. Do you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going, right after party where we're going and you're just like wandering around town, do you know what I mean? Trying to catch the next party after party. Do you know what I mean? That's what it used to be. And we'd get home at like six in the morning and it's like, we've got to leave at nine. And I'm just like, <laughs> my tits, you know what I mean? Just like, <laughs> and there's been times where I'm like literally throwing up before I go on stage. But I tell you what though, some, when I look back, some of the gigs, the days where I was so dead and I was throwing up all day and I had to have that adrenaline kick like kick in just before going on stage they were some of the best gigs i've ever had in my life <laughs> yeah, that's true we that's how we used to play we would go out get smashed you know lay until we could get away with laying in but we had to load in and stuff and then the show would be sweating that sweat, sweating last night out and then once you come off stage and your adrenaline's gone and you've worked out a bit, you're like, right, I might have a beer. <laughs> and it's just, it ends up being every day. Got it all out of your system. It ends up being every day. And, you know, that that is, it's amazing for a bit. Yeah, but for a bit. But it comes, you pay a but heavy it, price yeah, for it in the long yeah. term. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, I, so, I, you know. I think everybody comes to that realization eventually. I feel for you lot. You might you have to go and do the full tours and everything. At least with me, I could go and do four days DJing at a festival, come home and then sleep for five, right? <laughs> and then and then go out and do it again. Not really an option when you've got you know fifty no. dates on the tour and it's like bang bang one after the other. Yeah, Becca. Last time I saw Marmoset's play was with Yumi at six in Manchester. I think I bumped into a couple of you guys for a little bit. Yeah, and. Uh, your voice sounded amazing. It was a great show. I was pregnant. <laughs> no way. Were you? Yeah. yeah. Pregnancy really helps a girl's voice. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, because it shifts everything up. It's like bizarre. Like your actual like vocal range and everything changes. No way. Incredible. Yeah, it adds notes. <laughs> My wife's had two wow. kids. How did I not know this by now? Should have been like making a sing. Seriously, <laughs> that's, that's, when, that's when 
when I started, so I was quite a few, I found out, I went on tour, came back, and I'd literally, I had such bad anxiety from tour life. Mm. And I went to the doctors and I was like, listen, my anxiety's through the roof. Like, I've got to do another tour. Like, I don't want medication. Like, is there anything else that I can do? Blah, blah, blah. Like, maybe go see someone. And she was like, well, for now, let's put you on some medication. So I was like, sweet. I did this whole tour, take the medication. And I just kept being sick. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is like horrific. Yeah. I went back and I was like, listen, I can't take this Cetrolin. Like, it's just, it's made me more panicky. I keep being sick. I can't even drink wine. And I was just like, and I can't even smoke. Like, I just like, I said, I'm losing it. I'm losing <laughs> Okay, yeah, these are side effect symptoms that you can get from these antidepressants, but you might be pregnant. Oh, Oh, no. Ah, no way, no way, no way. You know, my lifestyle, it's rock and roll, it's crazy. Like, there's there's no way, Jose. And she came back and she's like, yeah, you're five weeks pregnant. And I was like, but the day before that, I quit smoking, which I found really interesting. But then, yeah, anyway, so we did the whole tour and I was dying to tell all of you me at six that I was pregnant <laughs> because I think they felt like I was a bit like, what's happened to Becca? She's so boring. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> like, vegan and just like not drinking. But no one sussed it out. Everyone was too busy getting fucked up anyway. So it was... <laughs> they didn't even click. I was having the best time of just being like, yo, pregnant, bossing it, on stage every night doing what I love. And that was the first time my eyes were open to like this sober life. And I was like, this is what I want to do. Like, this is good. Yeah, yeah. So so motherhood has kind of kicked this well-being side of things into overdrive, I imagine. I mean, then, yeah. Bound to, isn't it? yeah. If you want to get sober, get pregnant, Lars. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> Hey, you're listening to The Throat Podcast, and we're catching up with Becca McIntyre from Marmosets. How is motherhood treating you, Becca? It's amazing, considering the lockdown. I was lucky enough to have my baby before it all happened, you know mm. what I mean? I had Jack there with me, like, super blessed about all that. I had a natural water birth, which was just... Honestly, it couldn't have gone better than it did. I was so lucky. It was amazing. Oh, that's nice. I'm terrified to have another one because it can't be as easy as that again. So that's what everyone tells me anyway. So. Mate, I'll be completely honest with you. Having two kids isn't twice as hard as having one kid. It's about 10 times fucking harder. It, honestly, it, 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 it adds up exponentially. Yeah. It is tough, but yeah. yeah um, like people say it changes your life and you don't, you know, but it changed your life for the best, but at the same time, it does completely change your life. People are so right about that. I, has the music changed in your house? Uh, uh, has music taste in your household changed slightly now that you have uh, an 18-month-old running about, or is it the same? Uh... Like when she was born, her favourite album was the new Raconteurs album. Outstanding. Like, yeah. <laughs> nice. She just, she just loves it. Like, she would just be like, and the Sex Pistols, absolutely loves Sex Pistols. Like, she just doesn't... <laughs> And I don't, I don't really like listen to Sex Pistols. I'm kind of one of them where it's like, you know, when every band's on a T-shirt type thing, I'm like, cool, don't need to check them out. They're already fucking cool. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so I like skipped Yeah, so I just like, whatever, they're cool. But actually, when you listen to these bands that are all on the T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's <laughs> why they're would, there, yeah. Would, would you encourage your daughter into the music world? You've seen it all, warts and all, the nitty gritty, the good side, the bad sides. If she came to you and said... She wanted to, uh, you know, go go down the same route you have. Would you encourage it? 
but babes, I'm your manager. That's what I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Correct answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, manager. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I, I've sworn off that. I've met too many, uh, too many uh, 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 a troublesome dadager that I've said. I've sworn <laughs> off it. Like if my boys want to do it, they're on the road. Not a chance. So, so Becca, where where has this placed Marmosets then? Uh, interestingly, so because you, you were touring quite heavily, and then like like i don't know you took a couple of breaks for different reasons this this has been a little bit uh break for you guys at the moment is there new marmosets tunes on the way or is that still on hold for a little bit or is uh, me and jack have broke so much um, right that's awesome we need to we need to make it marmosets style okay. I don't know. I don't know if it was a baby and stuff like that. I'd been singing a lot of, well, not writing a lot of depressing stuff, but stuff that's just a lot different to stuff that we would put out as Marmosettes. And right. it needs it needs that Marmosettes finesque on it. And I need that kind of nitty gritty attitude to come back a bit. I just need to be pissed off at the world a bit, but the world's not doing big enough at the moment to piss me off enough so yeah <laughs> <laughs> it, it must be the yoga i'm doing i don't know it's is that because people equal shit <laughs> you just enjoy and being cooped up a little bit you're like oh, this is fine for me yeah, i like this yeah. i don't I've have got... to interact with the public yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> had their moments it sucks what's going on but well you've got a beautiful little bubble there at the moment you know like it, it must feel really special and like you yeah, know, it cool. is. But I'm so ready to kick ass again. So <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm just waiting for you know just everyone to get together and to everyone to be in the right place because that's the only way I think things can work out is people being in the right place and we all wanting it as much as each other. So you optimistic for uh, for the return of gigs and festivals anytime soon. Hopefully, it just depends. Like if we can, we want to come back strong. Like we don't want to just be coming back. I'd rather not come back at all. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I want to have about 10, 15 absolutely killer songs and everyone feeling good, looking good, so that we can just do do it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We can tour the world. We can do what we want. And it's something that I really, I, like, creatively, I want to make sure. I've always been such a yes person all my life. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, that's fine. But I've kind of had this whole new thing happened with me where I'm going to say no to things and I want things to go my way mm. um, because I feel like over the years through um, getting record deals and dealing with them kind of people, I kind of felt like we lost our identity as a band right. and that's a personal thing. And I know everyone, like you can ask all the boys like, yeah, we weren't happy with that music video. We weren't happy. Like musically we were always happy, but just something always happened and we just, we weren't adult enough to take absolute control. Mm. It's not that we didn't care, but we just didn't know how to like take control of things. Yeah. So, I think, um, you know, just from meeting you guys a few times and like watching the band play, like, uh, you know, I think you're going to come back. And when you do, I think you'll come back strong as strong as feck. I cannot wait. And to I see think that that's, gig. but I, I do honestly feel like that's the Marmoset's way as well. Yeah. Like you kind of chill it off a little bit. And then when you want to go at it, and that's what you guys have been good at and like yeah there's so many cool. bands both of yours included i want to be at your first gig back like i want <laughs> to be at that one because i know i'm gonna try and get to as many first gigs as i can because yeah. i just think they're gonna 
you're, it's just going to be unleashing the beast, isn't it? You're gonna, you're gonna absolutely have it, aren't you? Absolutely. It's That's why gonna... I'm working out all the time because if I go straight into that, <laughs> I'm not going to be that great to watch. Do you well, know what I mean? I've sucked my ass for nine months. I'm going to jump into a mosh pit for thirty seconds and be like, "No, I am too old for this shit. I am out. That's me done." Yeah. It's fine. It's that adrenaline when that kicks in, loves. It's like you can. You, you're like you're like superhuman. You can do whatever. It's like. It's yeah. the best drug there is when we get to go on stage and do what we do. There was um, Frank Cart and the Rattlesnakes did a did a show at Brixton Academy where they played facing all the people on the stage. If anyone saw that, they'll probably no, agree. It was it, pretty actually. awesome. Yeah, it was cool. But he said something really nice about that 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 feeling you get with the crowd, and just like how how he I can't remember exactly how he said it, but go and check it out. It's at the beginning of that show. Yeah, yeah. He describes that whole connection and what it sort of meant to him, and it was it was good. Yeah, yeah that's it's... how I'd put it if I could speak properly. <laughs> <laughs> go and watch Frank because I agree with what he says. He hits the nail on the head. <laughs> yeah. Have you discovered any uh, any new bands, any new music that you've been listening to over the course of the last few months, Becca? I've just been listening to Celine Dion. Yeah? yeah Actually, strangely she's... enough, this song came on at random for me, literally yesterday, I think. Which no one? What, Celine Dion? Yep. Get I out. took a screenshot of the thing. How does your algorithm I don't know, but randomly pop Celine Dion? Celine Dion, how do you pronounce yeah. that? Encore un so. Encore un soir. Encore un soir. That is an obscure Celine Dion song. And, but it sounded dark. Yeah? I'm going to have to listen to like that. It was like, it was kind of poppy, but kind of dark. You know, that, that, woman, that woman's gone to hell and back. Like, I don't know the full story, but like her husband died of cancer and she's like gone through so much shit. But I think that's why she's, she's dark. That's why I connect with her because she like, all their stuff that she sings about is like heartbreak and about her husband and stuff like that. Like I've, I've never been married or lost a husband. I can't imagine what it's like for her, but yeah. I like that realness where she's actually, you know, she's not just talking about God knows what, do you know what I mean? So. <laughs> yeah, and totally. She's, and she's an absolute... Yeah, she, and she can absolutely belt a song My out. God, the woman's <laughs> voice is utterly incredible. Yeah, She's absolutely amazing. And if you listen to some of her new albums, it's just like, it's insane. Like easily... Ariana Grande or Justin Bieber could could have released one of these tracks and it would have been the number one single. Yeah, nice. I'll kind of got that pop world, but it's yeah, just yeah. she's just amazing. So is that one of the like? Is there are there voices out there specifically that you gravitate towards? I, I tend to find sometimes I can just be drawn in by a piece of music just because I'm like the voice is just incredible. That's, yeah, that's definitely. what does for me, like. She's my new obsession at the moment. <laughs> nice. I don't know what's happened. Like I've never, I've never had an idol before. Yeah. And I like, I'm actually going to write a letter to her. Oh, that's Amazing. awesome. Like I, I want her to like take me on, and I want to be like her understudy and stuff. Like, I'm <laughs> dead serious. Like, I am honestly gonna keep track of this situation as it unfolds I'm, I'm because really that <laughs> it was funny. Like I like. I was talking to someone and I was like, you know, I really want to write a letter to her. And she said it was a great idea. But then I was like, kind of lost faith. And I was like, yeah, but I bet thousands of people, she's never going to like pick up on me or whatever. But she was like, you never know though. You know? Yeah. How like weird things do happen in the world. If you just take the risk and do something that is not actually that crazy, but for me it is. It's like, 
Well, is it, um, is it they say you miss 100% of the shots that you never take, so why not? For the sake of sitting there and writing a letter. And you know, yeah. I'm going to talk about it because I don't know, I don't know what, it's like, it's like I'm going to meet her or something. Like, I'm like so nervous about writing this letter. Like, I generally am. But I'm going to do written. it. <laughs> Get it written and send it, because like we say, you don't know what the response will be. It'll be wicked. And you know as a, you know, as a, uh, as a front woman, and I know as a front man, like, you can like literally make someone's day with that sort of thing. So you know, she does. She might reach out. What's the nicest you know? things a fan? What's the nicest thing a fan's ever said to you? We get a lot of people that find like a lot of sort of positivity in our message. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And like, just I think people like just to be able to look at the people that come to the gigs. They're all quite like they're cool dudes. Yeah, I think Matt Welsh says like he would happily go for a beer with any of our fans. Yeah, you know what yeah I mean, yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. that kind of crowd. So it feels like it, it does feel nice. Um, yeah. What yeah. about you, Becca? Something I learned quite long ago. I remember when we were doing our first album, and I just remember like all I actually really want to do is just help people. Mm. I want people to feel free from our music because that's yeah. how when I write it and when I'm in the studio and I, like some days I'll be absolutely sobbing after like recording because I just feel like this is going to do some good and you've got to be careful what you ask for because I remember quite a few times we'd have I had girls saying can you draw something because I want to get it tattooed because of your music I've stopped self-harming I'm not on yeah. like big big things like this and I'm like oh my god I'm not trained to like talk to these people about these things but I put that out there in the universe and that's what I wanted our music to be was some sort of safety net for people and and sure sure enough it is and I just hope that our fans can go on the same journey as what we're going through with life I kind of want I kind of see our fans to be like almost like a gang thing so where I'm at in my life I want people to be on that same track do you know what I mean like I'm sober and I'm getting good so I want people to be feeling enlightened and good and that's what I want to that's what I want to do. And it's, it's an ethos that I can feel spreading amongst quite a lot of the music industry yeah. at the moment. And I welcome it. I think it's, it's, it's wonderful to see. You want to be dark, you be dark and you carry on, you know, all hailing Satan or whatever. But I'm, I'm part of the Enlightenment group and that's the way I want to go. Do you know what I mean? Like, I want, I want people to feel easy and breezy and like feel like they can do anything. Do you know what I mean? They don't have to give their soul to the devil type thing. <laughs> I guess... I guess sleeps is a bit of a half and half of that. Yeah. Because we have like a lot of positivity and the message is always like that kind of vibe. But um, then we just love metal as well. So you get a bit of that and then we just throw in like a really heavy section. Here's a filthy riff. Yeah. 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 It works. What you do back. I hope so. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you're listening to the Throat Podcast and we're catching up with Becca McIntyre from Marmoset's. I will never forget. I remember when we went, you guys are just like, you guys are just amazing. And Loz, you are such an incredible frontman. And you do have, you do have, you have this amazing stage presence. It's just like, you've got this power and people, people want to hear you because you, it is coming from a good place. You know, I don't, I don't keep doing what you're really doing. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> because people love you. Don't know what to say. It's you really nice it. of you, you to say, it. though. Yeah, you know, it's it's nice to hear, especially it's nice. from it's another nice. front woman. Exactly. You know? No, it's nice to hear musicians talking to each other nicely. Not after a joint, it's other. not. Yeah. <laughs> not after a joint, it's not. <laughs> I can barely see. What was it? A five k run 
and there were and a five. Bit of a smoke. I just literally had a couple of little dogs. And that's done him. Be Bye. careful out there, kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's str- this shit's strong. <laughs> you know. Oh, brilliant. How about you guys in your band? Do you, are you just like you prefer the big venues, or are you just like we'll play whatever, whenever? We don't give a shit. We just turn up and do it. It's always been one of them. Like, yeah, sick. I'd be good on that. Do you know what I mean? It was kind of one of them from the touring because you're playing a bunch of festivals. You don't know if anyone's going to come watch you or not. And then you've mm. got like your headline shows, which are like always super incredible. But yeah, yeah. it's, it's going to be, it's, everything's going to be so different. That's the thing. Like, it's kind of not real to even like, it, it feels like it's never going to happen. But I'm confident it will happen. Yeah, <laughs> like, do you know what? Speaking of festivals, I I I, pers- I I followed your career through the stages of Leeds Festival. I, so I remember seeing you play the BBC introducing stage because I I got into radio through uh, the through Alan Raw, and uh, I remember I watched you play in the the BBC introducing stage, and then the next year it was like oh there I think it was like Festival Republic or something. And you just worked your way up and up and up and up, and it was really nice to to. It's yeah. rare that you get to see like the full journey of a band from more or less right at the beginning to right through to those. Uh, but that must, that's what must be so exciting about doing the radio and, and what you do with BBC it's Radio. It's so cool. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, it's your job to research bands. Yeah. And like, see if you can find the next like cool, you know, cool band that's coming out of Sheffield or, or and you know you know, what? surrounding areas. And, and do you know what? For all the practice and effort and focus you put in, Something will just come out of left field, like where the hell did that come from? I didn't, I wasn't oh, keeping yeah. my eye on them, and then the next yeah. thing you know, they're all over Radio One and they're famous. Yeah. Like it's 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 such a weird game. This yeah. that it's it's really difficult to to pin down what it is that takes think, what it is that you takes it to make it or what. Yeah. I think that, that that's the way the you know music industry is now. You know, with the like. People can judge your band at the click of a button now. Whereas when I started singing and shouting my head off, you couldn't do that. The only way you found out about the band was to go to a live show. So if anyone caught wind of your band, they'd have to go to like a local show. Mm. Whereas now, everything's straight on the internet. So that that bottom like grassroots show level where people just turn up is... is you can have people... You might have like no one yeah. or like... Hundreds. You can have people your, with two your, million players on Spotify and have never even played a live gig. You know, you that's can. that's the way that it you can, can kind yeah. of pan out these days, which is yeah. mad. What's your well? What's your t- what's your take on it? The 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 transformation in the music industry, especially over the course of the last what ten to twenty years, has well, it's been people. astronomical. It's it's difficult Madness. to it's difficult to keep up with what is going on. Like the changes the are all happening to, yeah, so yeah. so much. Yeah. It's just like it's just like the whole world. The how just quick, quick money making. I think there was this period where there was. I know when we started coming through, there was this real authenticity within the music industry. But it, soon enough, it quickly got overtaken by just like actually, we know what brings in a lot of money, and it is these kids that do as we tell them to do you know what I mean that have shitloads of talent as well but I find like the biggest artists at the moment people that I don't listen to and they're just really smart about the way of keeping on top all the time and it is just literally business 
And I find it really hard because I can't connect that way. And I'm just going back to like old school stuff, like Celine Dion, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, she does, you know, gig after gig in Vegas and she knows how to make money, but there's something real about her. So that's my personal view on it. Well, Becca, thank you so much for taking the time to have a quick chat with us. It's been lovely to catch up and learn about what's going on with you guys and your beautiful daughter. Yeah. It's great. And please write another record. They have 100 songs. Like, it's not like we don't have any. Sick. <laughs> we're just, yeah, we're just In making that case, sure. I can't wait to hear it. I'm sending some demos so you can listen to some stuff. But it's so impressive to see how on it, like, you guys have been and stuff. I was just, like, blown away when I saw the, all the stuff that you're doing. It's just, like... We were, quite, we were quite lucky in the way of we kind of finished up our touring for the year when we right, were exactly at the right, exactly time, exactly right yeah, time yeah we were planning to be writing so off. lucky we, we missed like five shows and we were planning on getting into the studio and doing a bit of a writing thing anyway so we were already sort of cooking that up in that mind scheming yeah, we're already yeah. scheming so yeah yeah so when i saw was, how much yous have done in the last few months I, I've, I felt ashamed. <laughs> I was like, honestly, I was like, my God, they have put in so much effort. No, but like, just to see it, what you've done, it's, it's, it's mind-blowing. I, I, I can't even begin to imagine Cheers, doing all of that that you've done throughout everything that's happened in the world over the course yeah. of the last few months. That's but. what's awesome about it is it's, it's given all of us thought just like that, oh my God, we can do it. There's such, it's amazing that you guys are doing what you're doing. Do you know what I mean? Congrats. But at the same time, it's like for all of us as well to see what you're doing, it's kind of like shit. Like, this is Let's fucking awesome. You can do it too. So, yeah. I'm glad you've done it. I'm glad you'd, you're ahead of the game. I think, uh, like, we're not doing anything like crazy groundbreaking, but, you know, our fan base is so absorbent and they really listen to what we have to say. And for that, you get quite an authentic crowd. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and when we put it in sort of, you know, this is how shit's going. And I think that's what the Sleep Society is. It's just a hub of people that care. So it's just a, it's just a, you know. It's a nice community. You've it's a nice community, yeah. but but also it's like nothing crazy new. And I feel like bands, I think Marmosets could really benefit from the model that we've used in terms of, kicking it back up when you do and having a fresh look on it's you one know, thing we've a fresh seen, look on the way that you, you operate this like, is the thing we've spoken a, a second ago about if you need to yeah, you might be like we don't need to at all but i'm just saying we've spoken a second ago about the changes in the music industry i think the the, the people that are really maintaining and you know keeping stuff going embracing the, all of these new ideas and mixing them with the work ethic that you two have as well you know it's 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 like a really good combination so it has given us some tools to be able to enable artists now more than ever to take back a certain element of creative control. Yeah, and we've got an interesting time ahead of us as a band because when live shows start back up, you know, what? how will that change things in terms of, you know, mm. our, our, our network, our hub of people and, you know, what, you know, will there be shifts in that and, you know, we'll, we'll, more bands being I don't know you know how it goes just see how it changes the dynamic it, of everything all just making it up as we go along yeah we'll, isn't it? We'll, hoping for the best yeah definitely yeah. definitely but no thank you so much for joining us Becca it's been delightful to get some uh some insight from your perspective and uh, I think I speak for the both of us when we're uh when we say that we're very much looking forward to to hearing any new stuff uh from from Marmosettes or, or from yourself or however that goes so yeah, yeah definitely thank you so much guys no worries